Yo, everybody, welcome back. This is the Reverend Rob. We're on 40 over 40. These are tips from people over the age of 40. You can tell by the color of his hair, he's over the age of 40. I and, uh, go. <laughs> so actually, we're here with Michael Rosen. I died uh, specifically. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look very pretty, very well done, very nice job. We're here with Michael Rosen, Grammy-winning producer. I'm privileged to call him my friend. And we're here at his studio called East Bay Recorders. Uh, we'll put that down here somewhere, right down here, the fictitious streaming of that little webcast thing right there. Miguel will do that. I mean, Pigeon. He calls himself Pigeon. We don't know why. But um, I latched on. Pigeon makes, for the forty over forty only. Oh, only oh. forty over forty. So he's not. He's not his real name now. He's he's pigeon. Okay. Anyway, so Michael, thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. So uh, maybe I'll like start with just give us a little bit of background. I think there's you share a town of birth with some interesting people. I do. I'm originally from the East Coast and from a place called Massapequa, and most people go Massapequa, Massapequa, New York, and it's uh, it just so happens that it's the same hometown as uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Not bad. Not bad. The Baldwin brothers. Don't know who that is. Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. I don't know. Stephen yeah. Baldwin. Okay, I know the Baldwin your, brothers. Your boys. I know. Uh, <laughs> and um, the Stray Cats are from Massapequa. Now, well. that doesn't suck. And that doesn't suck. Brian Setzer can play guitar. And I'm from Massapequa. That doesn't Probably suck. the last of that batch, but, you know, whatever. I'll take it. <laughs> so, you moved from Massapequa to California. Moved from Mass Massapequa to uh, Dallas. I lived in Dallas, <laughs> Texas for about three years. And then Dallas to Los Angeles for about a year, and then Los Angeles to Berkeley when I went to school. And you came up here to study? Electronics. So I met a guy at the in Los Angeles who worked at Capitol, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, and all I cared about was Aerosmith and weed. <laughs> and uh, this, guy came in, this guy came into the 7-Eleven where I worked, and I was like, every night at the same time, and I said, like, what do you do? Like, you look terrible, dude. He's like, <laughs> you come in here every night at like 1.30, and he got the same thing, orange juice and Newports, and he said, I work at Capitol. It's like, Capital, what's that? He goes, it's a recording studio. And I was like, really? And he goes, you want to come and check it out? And I said, absolutely. So we went, he took me to the studio, and I walked in, and Booker T and the MGs were there. And as soon as the door opened, it was like the skies parted, and I went, that's what I'm going to do. I was playing a little guitar, not much. You know, I wasn't uh, very good. I didn't have the eight hours a day in me to practice. But I knew I wanted to do something in music, and as soon as I walked in there, I went, "That's it." So he say, he kind of at that time it was a little bit different to get into the music business. Like you had to know stuff. So I went. Um, he kind of gave me a path. So I came up here and I went to electronics school at Heald Engineering College, and I got mm -hmm. an associate science in electronics. Then I transferred from Heald to San Francisco State, and I got a bachelor's in broadcast, because they were the only people at that time that had any kind of recording program. So I got a job, or I worked at, uh, went to state, and then I also found, he also said, uh, find a band that you like, find somebody and work with them. So I found this punk rock band, and this guy that I thought was super charismatic called The Hostages, and I started doing everything. I was their manager, their sound guy, their roadie, all of that. and. So that's how I started. That's how I ended up here. And that was in 1977, and I've never left. And then you went, actually, it, it was ironic. We ended up with a bunch of mutual friends. Even though I knew you are from the music industry, there was Gary Clayton and all these other guys. that like. So Gary that, Clayton worked with me at San Francisco State. When, right. I worked at, when I went to San Francisco State, the most invaluable part of that was I got a job at the student union on campus there. And the guy who I worked for was a super rad guy. He was really into making sure that we put on the best concerts and did everything. We booked Greg Kinn. I booked uh, Gil Scott Heron for a show. Mm -hmm. um, so at that time, Gary Clayton worked with me. There was another couple of guys who worked at um, Russian Hill Recording, uh, Sam Lemer, who's a big film mixer now, 
um, a guy named Jeff Clement, who was also a, worked at Russian Hill. He worked at Lucas for a while. So that core group of people kind of really did a lot of stuff in the music business. Was Scott there with Scott Matthews? Was he there also, or was it you met him later? I met Scott through when I started at the Automat. So he was on. I, I didn't know him through state, but that particular group, because of this guy, and I, I can't remember the guy's last name. His first name was Craig. But he was a super cool guy, and like he was always into buying the latest equipment, so it was pretty rad. Cool. So then you went on from there, like so, you know, just for the purpose of this. So then you went on and ended up over at Fantasy Records at one Start point. Started at the Automat. Started at the Automat. Yeah, then you like at one point ended up at Fantasy, and actually some of the bands are. I mean, so I started in the Automat, which was uh, Narda Michael Walden, mm -hmm. and um, he was at that time Narda was the guy. He was like the Doctor Luke of back then, I suppose. We did. Um, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Patti LaBelle, Tracy Austin, like he was the guy. So um, so that was 82 to 84, and they went out of business in 84, and then I moved from the Automat to Fantasy. Mm -hmm. And when I started at Fantasy, that's when I started doing all the rock stuff we did. Was Journey, Journey, Night Ranger, Satriani, Eddie Money, right. Starship. Um, a little more of the modern stuff. Green Day recorded their first record there. So I, when I started there, it was more of the rock stuff, and then all of a sudden kind of the metal thing came in, and I started doing metal. I did all the local metal guys, Testament, Death Angel, Mordred, Violence. Every, every metal band that kind of came out of here kind of came through there, and I did yeah. those guys. And then that kind of morphed into punk rock. I did Green Day, or not Green Day, um, uh, Rancid, Less Than Jake, AFI, and all that stuff. And Green Day came through Fantasy as well. We did, they did uh, Dookie there, right? We did Outcome the Wolves, and then they did Dookie. And, um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So one of the things with the um, with the podcast is I kind of talking about people that like so listen everybody has this notion that you're 28 years old and you're in the valley and that's all that matters right? you get this young spirit and every 28 year old is going to be a billionaire working some tech company or they got some big you know great idea or if you if you if you look at any social media the 28 year old life coach right there's nothing that makes me want to like stab myself in the brain or punch them in the throat more than a 28 year old life coach like you don't know anything about life at 28 years old drives me bonkers right so. Talking to guys like you, it's like, all right, so let's say, you know, you're in your 40s now and you got you got the kids and you've got the, you know, the whole thing kind of going, but, you know, you just, it's it's not over, you know, and it's like that that whole kind of message of going forward and going on. So we were talking not terribly long ago and, you know, we were talking about this, you know, the music industry has its ebbs and flows and it's up and down. And, you know, I made a comment to you and you're just like, look, man, I'm going down with the ship. So whether it's up or down, I mean, you're not giving up and you're not going to something else. This is what you do, right? I mean, you know, the records to prove it and whatnot, making sure that your like financial life, like debt versus what you make is in check. Right? I mean, today's world, this is all about, I need a BMW, and I need all the showy things, I need the brands, and, you know, <coughs> that's just tanking more and more people. You know I mean? You get further and further into debt paying for that BMW, you get the big building and all the fancy console and whatnot, and then you can't afford to, like, actually do what you're doing, right? That being some of the theme is to say, get that whole process in check, and then being 40 or 45, whatever it is, is not an impediment, right? I mean, because in, so. in, in reality, look at the records you're missing. You know, I'll tell you what, that next Rancid record that you, that you engineer, mix, and produce, whatever the version there is, it's going to be selling to 16 through 25-year-olds. Rancid will continue to sell to young kids, right? It isn't just old guys buying Rancid records. By and large, those concerts, I think people a little older that remember Rancid come out, right? But they'll yeah. sell to young kids. Yeah, you know, I, I would be curious. It's funny because I don't really know who their crowd is. That would be an interesting thing. Like, I don't know how far it stretches. And back in the day, it was, you know, 16 to 25. Like, sure, sure. Now it's probably 50 because those... 50-year-olds were there when they were... And they're you know, living their glory days. When they were 25. Yeah. So yeah. I would say a band like Green Day maybe does a little bit better about cultivating new new people. But, sure. yeah, in general, like, you know, that's... Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, like, Green Day is kind of like... I mean, they're the monolith. I mean, in my opinion, you kind of throw them out. The marketing machine behind Green Day 
is not just Green Day. You know what I mean? I mean, so they're a little bit different. I mean, so they can cultivate that. But I still think that good music like Rancid or like Charger and these guys, people, young kids find and seek that out. And it isn't all just young people making the music, you know? And good music will find its way. I would say that that's true, that the, the bottom line is, like I said before, is that, like the Charger stuff I played you. Yeah, yeah. I played it for Lars yesterday. He just started smiling. And when I started recording them, I just started smiling. I went, that's cool, right? Yeah. When you play something, because there's no straighter line between hearing something and going, that's cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. And no matter what happens in the music business, no matter what happens in time, yeah. is when you hit play and somebody goes, that's cool, that's never going to change. Sure. Right. Yeah. Whether it's Drake, whether it's Rancid, whether it's you know Dirk Bentley or yeah. whatever. So the bottom line is it still has to connect to people. So when you hit play, they go, that's right. Yeah. You know? I, then you can go from there. If you push and you kind of go, yeah, I heard that. Like, then you got no place to go. So it still comes back to you got to have something to say yeah. that people go. I like that Rob guy. What's he yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's say like, if you were gonna give someone a tip though, like, say, just talk about life for a second. So forget about the music industry. That's just that's what you do. So I went there, but just yeah. like, all right. So this is just a forty-four year old in life. What do you think is like? Tell me what success is. S success. Doing yeah, I threw your doing, doing what you love. So it's funny. I heard something on the radio this morning that because I have two daughters, one's um, in vet school and the other is graduated from college, and you know we talked about it a little bit. Like they're trying to find their way. My older daughter doesn't want a regular job per se. She doesn't want a nine to five. And I heard something on the radio this morning that I'm going to actually try and impart to her that I thought it's the best thing. And I, thinking about it, I said, well, I tell my students this: write your own script. Right. Don't let somebody say, well, it has to be this path because I've been an independent contractor for you know, 30 years, and I do this gig, and I do that gig, and I do this gig, but I determine what I do, right? If you want to succeed and you want to be happy, then write your own script. Don't let somebody say, well, you can't do that because you're a woman. Fuck that. You can do whatever you want. Well, I, I can't combine country with EDM with, with punk rock. Why not? As long as it's cool and, and somebody buys it. Now, you can do it, and it could be a steaming pile, and everybody goes, no, that's awful, then you can't do it. But sure. if you're you want to live your life, right? Author your life. Pick what you want to do and try it out. Like making a recipe. Well, that part works. That part didn't work. Okay, bloop, bloop. I'll get rid of this part. And not calculated in a, in a bad sort of sense. Like you don't keep doing something that's not working, right? You don't bang your head against the wall until you, you bleed. You say, okay, well, let me adjust my route if you're a wide receiver. Let me adjust how I hit the curveball. Like I'll drop my arm down a little bit. If something's not working... Right in your life, you make an adjustment. Okay, well, I can't pitch my stuff in this crowd because that's not working. So you kind of have to author yourself and say, okay, I want to do this. How do I get to those people? How do I find that particular path yeah. and, and make that work? So there's the clip. There's the theme. Author your own life, right? That's a great saying. Actually, not to mention, you know, we, we uh, you know, a podcast before this, and essentially the, the cat's message was very, very similar. Very successful guy, you know, uh, financially and in life. And uh, almost the exact same message. Author your own life, right? Yeah. I want to say thank you Stay to Michael Rosen. Stay in the game Rosen. and be cool. Stay in the game and be cool. That's my theme. I'm just cool. Anyway, uh, here with Michael Rosen at East Bay Recorder Studios. I want to say thank you for actually for everything you've done for me over the years and all the like music you put out. Actually, put out a huge portion of all the music you all heard, whether you know it or not.